Hello, this is Pastor Ken Goodrich from Palm Ministries. Welcome to our Palmcast. We hope you enjoy it. Hello, I'm Reverend Ken Goodrich from First Presbyterian Church in Lake City, Florida. I'm humbled that you have come to worship with us this morning. I pray that the Holy Spirit ignites in you something that's in your heart already as we listen to the gospel reading as it comes from the gospel of john chapter 12 verses 1 through 8 it is jesus's anointing at bethany as you read and listen through the text this morning and the sermon this morning i want you to close your eyes i want you to think about your favorite aroma and the remembrances that it brings to you. And it's in that vein that we now progress and process into Jesus's anointing at Bethany. The gospel reading comes to us from the Gospel of John, chapter 12, verses 1 through 8. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, the home of Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. There they gave a dinner for him. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those at the table with him. Mary took a pound of costly perfume made of pure nard, anointed Jesus' feet, and wiped them with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume, but Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, the one who was about to betray him, said, Why was this perfume not sold for 300 denarii and given and sold for money as it was given to the poor? And he said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. He kept the common purse and used to steal what was put into it. And Jesus said to him, Leave her alone. She bought it so that she might keep it for the day of my burial. You always have the poor with you, but you do not always have me. Amen and amen. The pure nard that Mary used was about a worth of 300 denarii, one year's or more wages in most cases. The worth in today's market is about, are you ready for this, $35,000 per pound. I don't know about you, but if someone gave me a $35,000 bottle of anything, like most people, I would probably only use a drop of it occasionally. I would try to make it last a lifetime. Make it last a lifetime, I say, because it's the height of extravagance. In Matthew and Mark, the nard was contained in an alabaster flask to further underline the precious nature of the nard that was given to Christ. We learned, you and I, from our first steps into Sunday school and church about God's love for us. For God so loved the world. My friends, think about this. Think about how extravagant God's love is and what the extravagant cost was 
Most of us want to love and perhaps even want to give love, but most of us, most of us do not want to pay the price for it. We like the idea of receiving it, the idea of giving it. Well, that's a different matter. You know, we live in a society where extravagant giving is questioned and not much has changed. For John tells us that Judas began to confront Mary about the extravagance of her deed. And Jesus tells us that this costly oil should have been sold and distributed to the poor. Mary, your true love is not only extravagant, but it costs too much. But Mary shows a great love and commitment. Now we understand that the price for true love is demonstrated in the events that we are following over the next few weeks. And you and I must be mindful of the cost. But you and I must be willing to pay the cost when it is commanded. Mary shows us that when it comes to ministry to Jesus or in the name of Jesus, no price is too high. For you and I live in an age where people and churches worry about finances and budgets. When we are good stewards of what God provides us, we will always have enough. God calls on us and offers us extravagant love. But Christian love is different. Not only is Christian love supposed to be extravagant and costly, it is also supposed to be continuous and, I believe, contagious. Some believe that Purnard was Mary's dowry and without it she could not get married because she would have had nothing to offer the man. You see, this was her entire future and her entire well-being, for without a husband, she and Martha were totally dependent upon someone else for their welfare. Lazarus, her brother who had just died just a week ago, he was the one. For Jesus raised him up and gave them back their support system. Mary really knew. Martha really knew. Even Lazarus knew. You see, this act of love is sacrificial. It gives no matter the outcome. And Mary takes all that she has and gives it to Jesus. Christian love takes what has and gives at exactly the moment that it is needed. It is, it's more than giving all. It is almost not holding anything back. And that includes what's in yours and my hearts. You see that jar? You remember that jar? That jar that was broken open, the alabaster jar, was not a jar with a cap on it that could easily be opened. No, this jar was designed for a one-time use, saved for a very specific and special purpose. So when Mary, Mary broke open that jar, there was no holding back. Her love was a committed love, and Mary gave it her all. She held nothing back, and that is what true love is all about. If we truly love someone, we don't just give a little of ourselves. We give all of ourselves. We surrender all of ourselves to the other. And Christian love does not understand withholding. It only understands giving. When God sent Christ, he did not just give a little of himself, but all. You see, God gives the best, and God deserves our best. 
Christian love gives, but not just a little. It gives everything. It's the love of neighbor as ourselves. My friends, I love cooking with onions and garlic. I do. I, I don't think there's any aroma or smell or fragrance that's any better than onions and garlic cooking. Close your eyes. Can you remember a fragrance or aroma, a smell that triggers a memory? If you can relate to my onions and garlic, I know you can. I know you can. When you're mincing the garlic and slicing the onions, you hold it to your fingertips and slice away. And the oils get on your fingertips and stay with you for days. The rub I make is the same way. You just stay stained with color and aroma. Oh, but the aroma of onions and garlic cooking, does it get any better than that? Well, maybe bread in the oven, or ribs on the grill, or fresh brewed coffee in the morning, bacon cooking Thanksgiving morning, pies baking, the roasting turkey. Perhaps it's fresh cut grass. It could be anything, smoking on on the uh, charcoal grill, on the gas grill, or it could be even flowers in the sanctuary at Easter. Maybe these are some of the aromas that you remember or that trigger a memory. John tells us that when the jar or of oil perfume was opened, the aroma filled the house. Now, according to biblical plants, nard has an intense, warm, fragrant, musky note similar to the aroma of hummus or pistachio nut. Nard is a very strong fragrance that would linger and remain on a person for several days. Now, the people in the first century would not bathe so much, especially not so much as we do. Maybe a bath a week, and that would be a luxury. Twice a month? Well, perhaps that would be normal. And Jesus is living in the first century, so he would probably have followed the custom of twice a month. When Jesus was anointed, Mary covered his feet with the nard. In the Markan tradition, the woman anointed his head, his beard, his clothes, his feet, and Jesus was bathed all over in the pure nard. The aroma of the perfume permeated everything, the robe, the tunic, the hair, the skin, but it's Saturday in John's story. Later in the week, Jesus was arrested. On Friday, he would be crucified. On Sunday, the resurrection would take place. How did Jesus make it through those hours of pain and suffering? Well, as Jesus triumphantly enters Jerusalem, Jesus and all the people smelled it. As Jesus prayed for his disciples at Gethsemane, he smelled it. As Jesus, Judas approached Jesus to betray him with a kiss, as he restored Malchus's ear, he smelled it. As Jesus stood be, before Annas, he smelled it. As Peter denied him, he smelled it. He stood before Caiaphas, and he stood before Pilate, and Pilate asked, what is truth? Jesus smelled it. As he stood before the crowd and they shouted for Barabbas, he smelled it. As he was whipped, he smelled it. As the blood dripped from the crown of thorns, he smelled it. As they placed his robe back on him, 
And as they laid the cross upon his back, he smelled it. As they led him down the streets of Jerusalem, as they stripped him naked at Golgotha, he smelled it as he was raised upon the cross that was 18 feet in the air. And he cried, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He smelled it as the people mocked him. As the two thieves spoke, he smelled it. As they took his tunic and the soldiers cast lots, he smelled it. As he spoke to his mother and to John, he smelled it. As he was gasping for his last breath and whispered, it is finished, he smelled it. But friends, as they opened the empty tomb, and they walked in and they put their faces in the tomb. They rejoiced and they smelled it. What was it? It was the fragrance of love, extravagant love, the fragrance of the last act of love that Jesus was shown on this earth. Mary's act of love lingered and stayed with him. In the midst of rejection, he could remember love. It was long-lasting and continually giving in the midst of his suffering. But when the soldier who won his robe pulled it up close, he smelled it and he remembered. And when the guards at the tomb noticed that the stone had been rolled away, the aroma wafted out and they smelled it and remembered. As Mary had her hair wave in front of her face. She smelled it and remembered. It was the fragrance of love that Jesus gave. My friends, as you come to the table of Jesus Christ to celebrate a communion, we are called to remember what he did for all of us. The suffering that took place, the forgiveness of sins that happened, and the everlasting life that is promised. I ask you to remember what he did. Amen. You're probably saying to yourself now, yeah, so when are we going to hear the money pitch? Well, let me first say that any dollar amount that you give to support this vital ministry, we covenant with you that every penny that is donated will go to creating more content and never to myself, team, or person be of personal benefit. I have absolutely no authority to spend any money. The only time your donation is spent is when the board approves it. I don't even get to vote then. So no worries, no lining of my pockets, no mansion, no car, no airplane, no yacht. This ministry is for you. Call our office or reach out on social media if you have any questions. We do hope that if you are moved by the Spirit, that you'll subscribe to us. To further this unique ministry and help us reach out to the world, we do need your support from people like you. You can simply text to 386-204-7826 any dollar amount or at palmministries.org. I thank God for you and welcome your involvement in POM.